I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Feeling like a down below. of my guest today on the program, Owen Weiss. Now, <laughs> I was going to say, let me tell you a little bit about Owen Weiss, but I've done it before because Owen's been on the show before, and now he's back. He's back because he's awesome, and he's back because you wanted him back. That's right. His episode on Brexit a couple of weeks ago broke a lot of records for us here at the podcast, and the cards and letters and emails and tweets just kept coming. There were even some marriage proposals, but I just forwarded those to Owen. Let me read you some of the uh, letters I got. Uh, Asia from New York City wrote, Dear Alex, the Owen Vice episode where he explained Brexit was awesome. I actually understand it now. Meanwhile, Ryan from San Francisco wrote, Dear Alex, I loved Owen's explanation of Brexit, and I'm pretty sure I want to go out drinking with that guy. And finally, Gabby from Berlin wrote, I want Owen Weiss to explain everything to me. More Owen Weiss, please. You wanted more Owen Weiss? Well, you're going to get more Owen Weiss. A little background on him before we begin. Owen was the singer and guitarist of Star Club. He also was the touring guitar player for Echo and the Bunnymen. Aside from his musical gifts, Owen is one of the funniest and smartest guys I know, and he happens to be a very good friend of mine. So enjoy this episode. I won't even tell you what it's about. You'll catch on pretty quick. All right, here we go. My conversation with Owen Weiss right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. by saying living in Thailand it's odd because the only time I really come up against uh, what we would call political correctness is when I speak to expats or I see the discourse you know in the newspapers and stuff and back home in the west um, and, and this really weird actually, oh, something else I wanted to mention on this exact subject was you know how um, in the west at the moment there's a uh, being racist or or misogynist is the worst thing you can possibly be um, and uh, a lot of time and a lot of, of hours and radio hours um, go into people virtue signaling and proving that they're not either of those things in order to just not be vilified um, so so we're hugely invested uh, in proving all the time that we're we're committed to uh, equality uh, with regard to 
uh, gender and race. Now, I want to talk about the, the gender thing because I never fucking hear that here at all, ever, ever. No one ever talks about it. I would hear the prevailing um, philosophy is that men are different to women. Uh, and if you say that in America uh, in particular, you get absolutely crucified for saying so. Now, I'm not saying that I have a position on this at the moment, at this part of the conversation. I'm not making a, an argument for or against. I'm just saying that's a fact. And I don't hear any of that over here. It's men are men, women are women, and blah, blah, blah. Kind of like it was back in the days when, uh, you know, leave it to Beaver and all that shit, right? Um, Having said that, you would think it would be incredibly sexist society, and in some ways maybe it is. I don't know enough about it, but what I do know is that next door to where I'm living, there's a construction site, and it's the only place that I've ever seen construction. Um, I've seen some in France where I lived, I've seen a bunch in America where I lived, as you know, and of course in the UK. This is the first construction site I've ever seen where the labour is almost completely divided 50-50 between men and women. When I was younger, right? Uh, I did some roofing and various labouring jobs and every experience I've got of either working on building sites or walking past them or talking to people who work in construction, uh, the jobs that, that women do tend to be, or in fact in my limited experience always are, working in the cafeteria, working in the surveyors uh, or working in some kind of clerical or um, administrative capacity, right? I have never ever seen a female hod carrier. I have never ever seen a female roofer. I have never ever seen a female uh, mixing concrete or doing any of the, the manual labouring tasks. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist because I haven't seen every single fucking building site in the world. But this is the first time that I've seen a building site where and I couldn't believe it. I just, why were these women there? This, this is, this is, you know, me coming from the PC car. I used to live near Brighton, which is like, you know, the fucking San Francisco or, or Berkeley of uh, of England, right? So I come from like the woke cap, or I lived near the woke capital of the UK. And even I'm thinking, why were these women on the building site? Are they delivering <laughs> sandwiches to their husbands? You know, this this is this is the shit that was going on in my head. Well, what are they doing there? They must be doing some kind of maybe they're tidying up after them. And, and they weren't. They were fucking working like bastards, lifting shit and fucking you know hammering stuff and putting concrete blocks together and you know. Uh, and it struck me as as really quite hypocritical of us to come from the West and to espouse gender equality. And the only time I've actually seen gender equality working on a building site is in a culture that doesn't fucking even talk about it. Is, do you know what I mean? Is that yeah, totally. Because what you're saying is that your reflex, even though you come from a totally progressive place, was mm. you, your reflex was a conditioned reflex to think that they, they couldn't possibly be doing what the men were doing. Why would they do that? I've right. never seen them do that. In right. fact... And, and just to alienate people right off the bat. Um, it seems often that what when people talk about equality for, uh, for genders, what they mean is uh, advancing um, women's rights, okay? Um, but it never seems to, to extend into things like, I want to go and work in the hot sun for 
12 hours lifting bricks. It seems to be I want to get the equivalent money to the uh, to Anderson Cooper on CNN for my version of whatever Anderson Cooper's doing. Do you know what I mean? It's like right. I want the same money for the, the upper class, you know, white collar jobs. It's never I want to do the same. I want to fucking go and clean the sewers out the same as the guys do, or I want to go and work with construction the same as the guys do. Now. I might be wrong, and there might be a movement which which says exactly that, but it's not come across my desk. I see, I see. And and when it comes to equality, I mean, yes. there's a thing about about you know the the biological differences between men and women. Also, there's biological differences between men and men, but ultimately everyone deserves the same rights, right? So that so there's that. But I mean, biologically, you could beat me in arm wrestling, right? But no matter, no matter how hard I lift weights. So biologically, you and I aren't even the same. So so there are so everybody's different, but everyone deserves the same rights. Absolutely. I, right. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, now, this is one of the things that pisses me off about world culture is that, you know, you... By the way, Owen, oh, oh, and feel, feel free to tell me that I could beat you in arm wrestling. I, I, you just let that go immediately. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you could totally beat me in arm wrestling. <laughs> That's very convincing. Okay, go ahead. But I tell you what, like I'm, I'm a pretty strong motherfucker, but I could not do what those women are doing. I'm not, I think they've taken a break now. But what they do next door, I would die in like 20 minutes of the heat and the fucking, you know, just the uh, their physical ability. They have a physical ability that I, I couldn't compete with in that field. I couldn't go and labour out in the hot sun in Thailand all day like they do. Even though they're tiny, and yes, I could beat them in arm wrestling, and I could probably actually lift them over my head. Right. Nevertheless, <laughs> no, it's it that they have a, a, a strength and an endurance um, that I don't have. Right, and so it also so then it, then it gets to that sort of like that cultural thing, right, where they've been conditioned to do it because they've apparently been doing it for a long time. Uh, you and I haven't, and so we would last twelve minutes. Oh, yeah, and also, obviously, a lot of it's got to do with the with the, the weather and the temperature. I remember when I was doing my little stint in construction when I was 20 or 19, whatever the fuck it was, you know, most of that shit was done in the snow and ice. And, was, and, I, and I would imagine everyone on the building site next door to me right now would die doing that. They would just be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Right. You know, in, in Thailand, if it, go, if it drops beneath 30 degrees... They're like, they'll get the coats on and fuck it. I'm not shitting you. Like last year, apparently, um, I wasn't living here then, but I saw on the news and on the internet and stuff, saw loads of Thai people were like scurrying from building to building with hats and coats and scarves on. And it was like headline, you know, temperature plummets to 26 degrees. It's like, motherfucker, that's the hottest it's ever been in my country. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. People walking around naked with fans going, fucking hell, it's too hot. And here, these people—they've got coats, they've got fucking hats, scarves. Twenty-six degrees, dude. It's fine. It's fine. You won't die. You're saying that it isn't even a thing that people talk about. Not well. I mean, again, let, let me let me just. Uh, I have to qualify that by saying my tie extends about as far as uh, Donald Trump's penis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very, very, very little. Yeah, very little. Um, so so no one, no one, 
the chance of me entering into it into a discussion about gender politics in Thailand with a Thai person who isn't westernized is going to be fairly slender right but what I'm saying is just just from the from the uh, the standpoint of an outside observer it just doesn't seem to be a huge deal here in the same way that it is in parts well in America and in, in England and this is kind of what bringing around to what I want to talk about which is essentially um, my worry is and this is shared by some a lot of people who I respect um, that the reason that the right wing are in the ascendancy or have been in the ascendancy is because people like us who essentially agree on the same thing was that is that that regardless of your race and gender you should have the same rights and opportunities absolutely um we are now we are fighting each other bitterly over fucking bullshit things like which word is okay to say and things like cultural appropriation which i want to come on to in a sec and and people like steve bannon have have come out and said yes he's like the emperor, right. emperor palpatine or the fuck you say you know um, he like, loves the chaos. Oh yes, come to the dark side. The more, we fight, the more we fight against each other, right? They love it. They pick up points in the polls. They get politicians elected because they can point to all our bullshit and say, "Look how fucking stupid these people are." And you know what? They're right. We are fucking stupid because if we just stood on, everyone should have equal rights. Everyone should have equal opportunities. The end. Then what's the right man going to say to that? And if we start getting all fucked up about uh, little details and this particular pressure group doesn't like this particular pressure group. Have you seen them? Um, I know I'm, I'm flitting from subject to subject again, but you know Life of Brian, right? Of course, yeah, of course. And when, uh, are you the People's Front of Judea? Fuck off, no, we're the Judean People's Front. <laughs> right. And, and you're essentially fighting for the same thing, but you're, you, hate each, you hate the other group because they have a slightly different fucking approach. Right. In the meantime, the Romans have taken over your fucking country. We're the Judean People's Front versus the People's Front of Judea, and Trump and Bannon and all those counts are the Romans. What you're saying is really interesting in the sense that if we are fighting over the idea of words, that we're taking our eye off the ball of what is the real issue, right? So, yeah. right. So we can be sort of busying ourselves with with nomenclature. When in yeah. fact, and then they're sort of pulling the wool over our eyes in the real world while we fight over, you know, a phrase, you know. Yes. And the one I want to, one I always come back to as as something I think is is ludicrous, uh, fundamentally ludicrous. Although I can see the logic behind it, absolutely, and that is people of color good, colored people bad. Right? You explain that to someone who's not a native English speaker, they're like, what the fuck is the problem? <laughs> it's the same thing. People of colour, coloured people. What does that mean? It means a person who has a colour. Now, if you the first the first thing we need to uh, address is the fact that everyone has a colour. What's a non colour? Everything is a colour, right? Even white's a colour. Even perfect you know, uh, painter's white is a colour, it's not non-colour, so everything has a colour for a start. So the whole idea of a coloured person is is ridiculous to start with, because we're all coloured people. It's like saying a human person. Yes, okay, well, you know, <laughs> it, it's redundant at that point, isn't it? You don't say a human human being, 
you don't need to say that. So, so anyway, with that out of the way, the fact that everyone has a colour anyway, what we mean by colour is is people who who have dark skin. That's what we mean, isn't it? When we say colour, we mean people with darker skin right. than Caucasians. That's what we mean. This this subject is is so rich and so deep. We could go on for hours about it. But I just want to talk about just bring it back to people of colour, coloured people, and point out why that's bullshit, but at the same time why it makes sense. Because I understand by saying a coloured person, you are using the colour first rather than the person first, right? Right. And so you're, 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 you're giving that more weight than the person. Whereas you say a person of colour, you're giving the person more weight and then the colour less weight. So I get that. Yeah. I get, I, I get the... I get the the logic of, of the way that the, the syntax is used. Nevertheless, people, it's bollocks and it doesn't matter. What matters is that you don't treat people who look different from you because of the amount of melanin in their skin. You don't treat them badly because of that. Treat them badly if they're a cunt or a fucking idiot or they've been mean to you or they beat up your mum or whatever, right? Basing your decisions on the on the the melanin content of someone's skin is just fucking stupid, and the whole thing is just such a load of fucking masturbation. It's just bullshit. Because the point is, can this motherfucker of any race go and eat and drink where the fuck they like, and apply for any job on merit wherever the fuck they like? That's what we should be interested in. Yes. And yes, we understand that language has power. Of course, it does. In this particular case, the language is actually damaging our cause, and it's emboldening the cause of the people who actually are fucking racist. Right. They are racist. I mean, they're deeply racist, and they don't want anyone who is a person of colour or a coloured person or a black person or any other fucking euphemisms you want to use. They don't want them living near them. They don't want them marrying their daughters, and they don't want them fucking going to school with their kids. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and what you're what you're what you're talking about is we've become so sensitive now that, for example, when I was teaching at UC Berkeley a couple of years ago, there was a, a colleague of mine who he had a girl in his class who was overweight. And he said, the essay I'm assigning to you guys is really heavy. And she complained <laughs> that he she thought he was directing that that at her for being heavy right, right? and so and he right and he was reprimanded and there was a big and there was an actual like mini kind of trial for it you know not a trial but a kind of like an inquiry into it um but but the point is is that what you're saying is that if we start busying ourselves with that kind of stuff we're missing the big point not only missing the big point but you're giving info you're giving ammunition to the bad guys the, the the very real and very bad bad guys who are fucking running things right now now i know that some people do get very squeamish uh, at certain words and for good reason because those words carry um a historical legacy of brutality and they mean things that are very disturbing and they summon uh times that were unpleasant uh where people were murdered uh, and marginalized just for being who they are. So yes, there are words that make us uncomfortable, and rightfully so. But then there are some people who are uncomfortable uh, with practically every word, and they do so in the name of being super enlightened or 
you know, woke. Uh, but I wonder if if it's too much. I wonder if it's if it's done with any kind of thought or it's just this kind of overdeveloped social reflex. There's a, a guy called Jonathan Haidt uh, mm. who's written a lot of books on these these kind of subjects and uh, the, the research that, that he and, and some of his colleagues have done have shown that the people who tend to be most woke and most offended by uh, slurs or on uh, on on minorities, whatever, tend to be from you know your white middle class, rich, uh, privately educated Americans with all the advantages in the world. They're being offended on behalf of exactly. Uh, so so it, it comes back to my initial point of us getting hung up on words when. Um, what I think progressives should be doing is saying, yes, we realise that people's feelings are hurt, but you know what? We petal, we're going to fucking get to that when we make sure that no motherfucker is sleeping on the street unless they want to. Right. That that no kid is going hungry, no mum is having to go hungry in order to feed her children. Uh, when all the people who need fucking living income have got gotten one, where people have got healthcare when they need it. We're going to fix all that stuff. We're going to make sure that no one is kicked out of law school because they're not the didn't come from the right fucking school or they're not the right religion or they're not the right fucking skin color. We're going to fix all of that shit. Then once that's done, then we can get onto the fact that you felt bad because your professor said that a book was heavy. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is let's not waste time on the things that ultimately don't matter. Not only that, not only that, if it was if only that, it wouldn't be too bad because we can multitask. The fact is that by so doing, we are giving valuable ammunition to the actual Nazis and the actual racists and the actual sexists who are now fucking mowing things. Because, and, the, and tell, explain, just so everyone's clear, explain why you think that empowers them. Because people who don't spend a lot of time thinking about these issues who are not uh, big followers of politics, who are not big followers, follow, not big readers of philosophy, who didn't necessarily go to college and study liberal arts. They don't have much time for this. So when they see us, and I'm including you and I in the sort of woke group because we are left-wing progressive people by nature and right. by inclination, right? Um, when they see us obsessing over whether we should say person of colour or coloured person, they just think, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I've got a, I've got two jobs and um, I come struggling with fucking car insurance and why, why are they not trying to fucking get me a decent healthcare plan? Or why are they not right. trying to fucking make sure that my wage is higher and that my union is stronger? Or even why are they not educating me that being in a union is better than not being in a union. Do you know what I mean? I do, and I, and I actually think a real culprit, or at least something that has magnified this, is social media, because it allows people to sort of be, uh, you know, sort of have a righteousness um, about something, and then they can just go make a sandwich. What I'm saying is, is that I, I almost think that social media has allowed us to posture and even though it's not even our real um, opinion, we can let people think it is, and then we feel sort of vindicated. 
you know. Well, this is one of the things that, that Jonathan Haidt said in his uh, book about call-out culture, is that it's, you're not, the people who, who partake in it are partaking in something as old as humanity itself, which is in-group, out-group, right? And in order to be in the in-group of the social justice warriors, what you're actually doing, what a success is not to redress a social injustice, a success is to point out before anybody else does, is to spot something that might be uh, questionable, that might go against the, uh, the the mores of your particular in-group. So you get in, you get internet points, you get social justice warrior points for, for instance, saying, my professor made me feel bad about my uh, he body shamed me because he mentioned a book that was heavy. Right. That, gi- that gives that girl fucking currency in her particular social grouping, right? Um, which is fine. We all do dumb stuff at college, but it, it's actually not fine because while we're doing this, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, and Vladimir Putin, and fucking uh, Alexander Boris de fucking Johnson, and Nigel Farage uh, are taking over the world whilst we're all dicking around with this bullshit. That's right. That's that. I totally agree with that. And if you read Huxley, um, Huxley, even long before, you know, a hundred years before the internet was created, Huxley said there, there will come a point where we are going to be amusing ourselves with nonsense and the government won't even need to keep an eye on us because we're going to be abs rendered completely, out of the picture because we're just fussing around with bullshit, taking pictures of sandwiches and putting them on Facebook and saying things like um, toxic masculinity and not really doing anything about it in the real world. Mm-hmm. Or differenti- differentiating what toxic masculinity is from just masculinity. Right. right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But you're right. And, and, uh, and 1984 and George Orwell get all applauded and, and rightly so because he wrote some fantastic books he's a fantastic author with some fantastic fantastic insights but I think um, Brave New World was actually closer to the world we live in that's, that's what they say that, that actually that even though Brave New World preceded 1984 it offers a far more accurate view of what's actually going on right now oh and speaking of right now you were going to talk about intentionality Intentionality, yes. If you if you mean to hurt someone, it's de- now, now. When we talk about people uh, using using the N word, right? Okay. Um, or uh, saying heavy and upsetting someone because they're fat and this kind of stuff, uh, it's all about intentionality. And and the reason the example that I would give for this is, um, if someone says. A phrase that hurts your feelings without meaning to it's analogous to if you're in a newspaper shop or a magazine shop right and you want to buy the last copy of stereo embers monthly right? <laughs> imagine such a i hear it's here. very good <laughs> and whilst you're doing something else someone else comes up and buys that last copy right okay now are you filled with fucking rage about that, or do you just go, oh, shit, and go somewhere else? Now, compare the, how you would feel about that if you're walking towards buying that with your hand out, and someone pushes in front of you, pulls it pretty much out of your hand, and goes and buys it before you can do it. Now, one of them is someone doing something without any intentionality of harm, and the other one is. The other one 
Person B knows that they're fucking pissing you off and taking something that you wanted to get. Person A didn't know that. And, and we all naturally know the difference. Right. The only people who don't know that uh, are people who are mentally ill, psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever. But your average human being knows just instinctively the difference between someone who means to do them harm and someone doesn't. Now, for instance, you're walking down the street in a crowded city, you are expecting to get bumped into or have to move around someone at some point in your day, right? On the on the subway, on the on the sidewalk. I'm using Americanisms by the way, because I know that's... Yeah, I appreciate that. That's good. I know in your country pavement is a band. Um, <laughs> But if someone bumps into you on a crowded, crowded sidewalk in New York City in the rush hour, you're not going to go, motherfucker, and throw down. Do you know what I mean? Right, of course not. But, but if you are somewhere where there's not that many people around and someone looks at you straight in the eye and then runs right into you, how are you going to react to that? It's going to be different, right? That's right. Of course. Why? Because intentionality. One person didn't mean to, one person didn't. There is a difference between an accident and that's why, for instance, we have manslaughter and murder. Right? Because we know there's a difference between intentionality and non-intentionality. That's right. Exactly the same with words. It's exactly the same with whether someone's feelings get hurt. Often your feelings get hurt, and that's on you. It's not on the person who said the thing. That's right. And so you're right, because, for example, last week I went to the farmer's market, and there's a vendor there who sells these amazing muffins. This is a very California story, Owen. And, uh, <laughs> but bear with me. And I was thinking about the muffins. <laughs> I was thinking about the muffins and I got there and the guy said, someone came this morning and bought all the muffins. And so my thought was not, I need to find that person and murder them. I just said next week, I better come earlier. Yeah. Right. That person wasn't trying to ruin my day. They just bought all the muffins and that doesn't make them an asshole. Mm. Right. I mean, if they, if they, if you were, it's a big queue of people, and the person who got to the front said, "I'm going to buy all of them." Asshole. Uh, yes. No one else wants to buy it. Yeah. But if nothing else is there, and you're the only person you think these are fucking awesome, I have all of them. Yeah. Because I love them that much. Or I've got a party in my house later, and there's like 20 people coming. That everyone's going to love this. My daughter's birthday party, whatever the fuck it is. Right. Right. You know, like, right. Different story. Intentionality. All right. So, what about the intersection between? intentionality and i don't know manners (laughs) how about that like for example what if you have a friend who's overweight if you for instance spoke to a friend who was fat and you called them fat and they were okay with it then that's fine if you spoke to someone who was fat and you called them fat and it made them feel fucking horrible and you kept saying fat you're a cunt no i i agree other people's feelings but it doesn't mean that the that always that never you can never call anybody fat because some people don't like it. That's a different argument. You know, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to just good manners. If you say something knowing that you're going to hurt someone's feelings, you're a dick. Right? Yeah, Unless I. You're being, you know, yes. That's part of a larger point in order to bring awareness to hypocrisy. You know, which is what a lot of comedians uh, have done historically, and that's you know why they're. Yeah. Awesome. But in your day-to-day life, like I've had students, right, and I have treated them differently depending on my assessment of their sensitivities, right? 
There's some people who you can laugh and joke with and take the piss out of, um, and there are other students who you absolutely can't because they'll have a fucking breakdown. That's right. But you need to treat them more gently. It doesn't mean you need to treat everybody to that lowest common denominator. You need to treat everybody to the standard um, of the weakest or most frightened or most easily offended or most highly strung person in the room. That way, you stifle all debate, you stifle all um, difference, and you, you end up in a situation, which is what you've ended up with in America, where you're seats of higher learning where all ideas should be able to be processed and discussed and now not able to be because you are talking to and, and dealing with the lowest common denominator. Who is the most dramatic person in the room? Who's the most easily offended? I have to use words that won't offend them. Or everything else. 90% of everything else is then verboten. You can't fucking say anything else other because that one, you know, you're talking to, you have, you have to... Uh, you have to couch all of your terms uh, in ways that the most offended won't be offended by. And that leads to a very anodyne culture. And again, as I said right at the beginning, this gives ammunition to the right wing who say that the social justice warriors and woke culture is shutting down debate, and they are right. Be what you're saying is because they're getting so granular with terms and getting so microscopic with what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, that they're missing the bigger picture. Absolutely, of yeah. course, of course. And 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 again, to repeat, it's not. If it was only that, it would merely be annoying. I see what you're the, saying. The danger is that by doing that, you are ceding control to real fucking bad guys who pick up on this. And you asked me before, like, you know. Who, who are they targeting? Well, they're targeting, again, the people who don't go to Berkeley, right? Who don't fucking uh, listen to NPR, who don't read Jonathan Haidt books, who don't have conversations like this. They're people who just, you know, they go to sports bars and they're not necessarily, although they might be, but they're not inherently fucking racist or bad. They're there to be influenced one way or another. A little bit, simply because they don't have a fucking whole lot of time, and often they don't have a whole lot of education. Sometimes they don't have a whole lot of intelligence. Right. So what do you do? You, you have a simple message that is inclusive that brings people in, and by by doing what we're doing on the left, we are alienating a huge proportion. I wouldn't say necessarily majority, but a huge proportion of inverted commas normal people who don't really know very much or care very much about politics. And what they see is just is the headlines of the latest woke culture bullshit and go, oh, for fuck's sake, you know what? Fuck those guys. You know, at least Trump isn't a fucking pussy like them. That's what and they'll so say. Yeah. What what happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking. I'm not, not I'm not talking about the Trump supporters who are cunts, who are racist. I'm talking about like not everyone who voted for Trump or not everyone who voted for for the Republicans is a cunt. Although the Republicans and Trump are cunts. Right. But but we push large numbers of people towards them by by telling them that they're racist and that they're fucking stupid and that they're bad and that they don't understand their privilege and that they need to feel guilty about this and they don't want to fucking feel guilty about it and they don't want to feel that everything like, oh, so I'm a fucking racist then. I've seen this in my own life with people are 
like the bar for being a misogynist now is set so low that you can say a phrase and you immediately get piled on. You see this all the time on Twitter. And what happens is, yeah, a few people go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And a lot of people go, actually, you know what, fuck you, okay, then I hate women. If, it, if you want to make it like that. So what have you done? You've actually lost huge numbers of people who may have been on your side. Wafting you into the fucking welcoming, slimy arms of fucking Steve Bannon, who's like, come to me, my children, you know? Yeah. This fucking evil fucking frog-faced motherfucker. And what we need to do on the left is we need to be inclusive. Now, this is one. The next thing I want to talk to you about is um, horseshoe theory. You, are you familiar with that? I'm actually not. Okay, so this is something that is prevalent in in Scandinavian education. Okay. Is there? And I'm not googling this. I might be wrong. And, and listeners, if I fuck this up, I do apologise. Um, but the the gist of this is that um, rather than thinking of left and right as a straight line okay left is there and right is there it's a horseshoe where there's the middle and the more extreme you get on each end the closer together you get now obviously the listeners can't see what i'm doing but imagine the shape of a horseshoe okay imagine you've got a straight piece of iron and you've got left wing on one end and right wing on the other and then imagine bending that into a shape of a horseshoe Okay, a U shape. I see what you're saying. What yeah. happens? What What's the closest point there? Well, those the those two bits become completely close. Yeah, the closest point is the extremes of each end. Right. And this is this is so horseshoe theory is is something that I think uh, we should all be thinking about a little bit more, rather than you know the left wing is as far away from the right wing as possible. It's actually not. Again, I'll tell you why. This takes me to the next thing I wanted to talk about which is uh, cultural appropriation and why it is fucking bollocks. Okay. Okay. Now, you know the stories of, you know, the, the girl who killed herself because she was hassled for cultural appropriation and there was another girl who was hounded out because she wore a, a, a Chinese dress. She didn't dress up as a geisha. She didn't fucking put, you know, white face makeup on. She right. wore a Chinese dress and goes, oh my God, that's cultural appropriation. Uh, at uh, Halloween, which in your country is, is just basically a, a dressing up day, isn't it? Um, people now can't wear all sorts of things because, well, well I can't I can't dress like. <laughs> I remember we had a, a fancy dress party and we got a record deal. We lived in this big fucking house, and I dressed up as Shaft or or just like generic fucking seventies black dude. I had big fucking afro and flares and fucking the whole kind of you know. Um, 70s shaft look it's fucking awesome it's so much fun right and no one thought anything about it at all now you would get absolutely crucified for that today because that's cultural yes you would right? yes you would yeah and and it, and it, it, it extends to you know you can't wear a sombrero because that's cultural appropriation unless you're Mexican you can't wear it and so on so on so on we know what it means uh, and the prevailing wisdom in on the left wing, of which you and I are a part, is that's okay, right? Cultural appropriation is a thing, and it's bad, and we shouldn't do it, right? Right. Can you give me, uh, I'm, this is not a trick question, give me just a quick explanation of why cultural appropriation is bad, and then I'll tell you why it's good. There's two things. One, you're taking the, the parts of something that you find desirable and leaving the rest of it behind right 
um, that's one thing. And two, that that thing is a like for example, uh, blackface summons historically a time where black people were marginalized and um, you know not given the same rights and abused uh, by society. So it's so it's you're summoning up um, a painful time. So it's those two reasons. But you go back to intentionality. Okay. <laughs> right. In, in other words, you're saying they didn't mean, you're saying you dressing up as Shaft, you weren't trying to hurt anybody. I wasn't trying to bring back memories of slavery. Right. Anyone that thought I was is a fucking idiot or is trying to start a fucking argument for no reason. It was perfectly obvious to anyone that that was not the intention behind it at all. I thought it was cool. Right? I wanted to play some funk music. I wanted to dress up as a fucking the most funky, cool fucking person I could think of. Right, right. To me, it was anyway. So, so the second part of your reasoning again, I think we can we can uh, dismantle slightly with the intentionality uh, argument. The first part of your argument, um, which was you're taking parts of the culture that you like and disregarding the rest. Right. Okay. Why is that bad? <laughs> is that not what we do all the time with everything? Do we not, as as human beings, do we not go through life and go, oh, I like that bit. I'm going to use that as part of my personality or part of my view of the world. Well, I don't like that bit. I'm not going to take that. For instance, um, I'm going to use the most extreme example I can think of. Um, the Nazi party. Okay. Right? I abhor everything about the Nazi party, but I really like the VW Beetle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that, and it has been culturally culturally appropriated by hippies around the world ever since. It's a fucking car designed and built by Nazis for Nazis. That's a good point. And by the way, we should. That's a really good point. And we should not be. We should be very careful because also, um, the same society that talks about cultural appropriation being so wrong didn't really have a problem with Elvis Presley. And didn't really have a problem with Eminem. And both those guys were culturally appropriating a music that was not theirs. My larger point is that those who cry foul about cultural appropriation are the same ones who cherry pick. Uh, and, you know, they're okay with certain things and not okay with others. And I think the root of that kind of cherry picking is ultimately intellectually dishonest. But uh, the, the, the cultural appropriation... Um, is, is problematic in so many ways. The, the examples of Elvis and Eminem are good ones, but then again, they were following... Uh, I mean, music, if you just want to concentrate on music for a moment, music is, is if nothing else, is just the story of people copying other people's ideas and slightly changing That's all it is. Right? Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, the Beatles would not have played music without R&B. Nope. Uh, which was done exclusively by white people, I mean, by, by, by black artists, right? Right, that's right. And, and R&B wouldn't have existed without um, blues, and blues wouldn't have existed without jazz, and jazz wouldn't have existed without the spirituals, and that wouldn't have existed without gospel, and that wouldn't have existed without Christianity, which is right. white. Or, so, or... Like, like, where does this shit even fucking come from? You know, that's the, that's the, true. The spirituals that the slaves sang in the fields were based on their fucking religion that had been indoctrinated into them by their white masters, mixed with the tribal heritage that they came from, right? That's right. 
So, so where's the cultural appropriation there? It, you know, it becomes so complicated. But that's not even the point. The point is that there's two groups of people who think that cultural appropriation is bad. People on the on the woke left wing, and then fucking racists. What do they want? They want cultures to be separate. They want races to be separate. They want the same fucking thing. And once you find yourself in agreement with Steve Bannon and Adolf Hitler, then you realise you're on the wrong fucking argument. That's exactly right. And I, w- I agree with you. And I would say that there is something very different about, you know, um, you know, the Beatles playing R&B than someone showing up at a Halloween party dressed as Al Jolson. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a little bit of a difference, right? There's there's definitely a sliding scale of cultural appropriation where, you know, you can't you can't show up. Okay, okay, now let me say this. I have always been uncomfortable with this is going I'm going to sound like a fucking puritan, Owen, but I'm going to tell you. Okay. I have always felt uncomfortable with suburban women having a stripper pole put in their bedroom and learning like stripper dance moves and doing those moves for their boyfriend or husband. I think it's bullshit because that to me is cultural appropriation in the sense that strippers, that is rarely plan A. They're doing it because they have to do it. And that's a very tough job. It's not a glamorous job. And I think that women, like I watched Allison Janney, who's a really respected stage actress and movie actress academy yeah. award winning she was talking about how she got a stripper pole put in her house where she was taking classes on it. and i thought yeah you're she, taking the west wing right yeah exactly you're taking the part of stripper culture that you find palatable and usable and you're throwing out the rest i've always had a problem with that i've also had a problem with people dressing as pimps for halloween because right. i feel like a pimp is somebody who really um you know, I don't want to say across the board. I'm sure there's some lovely pimps, but they've typically right. they've abused women, and they have uh, they're a symbol of a kind of gender oppression. So for me, I was always uncomfortable with those two things. I was fine with the Beatles playing R and B. So what you're saying, I, I totally agree with you, is that our world is stitched together with appropriation of all different sorts. My my view is that the more cultural appropriation there is, the better in the same way that I think the more interracial relationships there are, the better, the more melding and mixing of cultures, the better. Trying to keep your culture pure, as people who are advocates of cultural appropriation, uh, who are advocates of, of, of fighting cultural appropriation are, they want to keep their culture pure, are no different than the fucking Aryan Brotherhood. What the Aryan Brotherhood want to do? They want to keep their culture pure, right? Yeah. So right. you tell me the fucking difference. Well, let me tell you something. Down the street from my house is the best bagel shop in the East Bay, and it's owned by a very sweet couple from China, and I'm a Jew, and I'm cool with that. And I think that if, if I went to a Chinese restaurant and it was uh, all the cooking was done by the Jews and the food was fantastic, I'd be okay with that too. And I think right. that you have to go back to what Saul Bellow said um, when he, someone was talking about Gillian Welch. Gillian Welch is a rich kid from L.A., and she sounds like a coal miner. And and someone said that they felt that that was appropriation. And Saul Bellow, in response to not specifically that, but something else, he said, hey, 
as an artist, whatever you're strong enough to carry. If you're not strong enough to carry it, people are going to call bullshit on it. But if you're yeah. strong enough to carry it and you're strong enough to pull it off, I think people will, will think it's just fine. You know, as long as what you're, you know, referencing from another culture is done with sensitivity and respect, I think you're okay. Hence, Elvis. I, I, you know. I, I agree with that, but I want to go back to the question which you, which you didn't answer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Cultural appropriation yeah. is about keeping your culture pure. What is the difference between that and the Aryan Brotherhood, Aryan Nation? Well, I think probably in the sense that no one's being killed, uh, right? So there's there's that or oppressed. Okay. Um, okay. So in in the implementation of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, intentionality. When I grew up, a Red Indian, there was no pejorative weight to that term when we used it as kids. Cowboys and Indians. There was not a single fucking person that I knew ever where there was a pejorative attached to that. So I find myself making that mistake and saying Indians, American Indians, or Red Indians even, even though I'm fucking red, um, as opposed to Native Americans. Um, And I can see why Native American isn't important, because they were fucking there first. Right. And a whole bunch of really shitty things has happened to them because of that. But to me, what's more important is to actually redress that rather than get fucking worked up about whether you say it's inadvertently or even on purpose Indian or Red Indian. You know, you could be someone who refers to them as Indians but actually wants there to be some kind of reparation for all the shit that was done to them. And you could also be someone that says Native American and couldn't give two fucks about it. Right. You know, if someone came to my door for Halloween dressed as a rabbi, I would think that's an awesome costume. Like, I would think that's funny. Um, you know, and my, if it, my personal belief on dressing up is you should better dress up as whatever the fuck you want. Dress, I don't give a shit if white people dress as black people or, or Indian people dress as fucking Chinese people or, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's such bollocks. I don't, I don't only expect people who have been in space to dress as spacemen. Right, right. But, but it does come across as ridicule uh, if a white person were to... Um, put on blackface, it is offensive because it, it, it is one of those things where you think, what is the intention here? Like, I'm not sure I can think of a pure intention. Um, what about my intention when I did it? Was that inf- offensive? What, oh, you mean when you did it for Shaft? Yeah. I didn't dress up as Shaft exactly. Right. Was that my inspiration? Up as him. I thought, I want to be a guy like Shaft. Well, what do they have? Well, they had fucking big hair. Yeah. And they had fucking chains and the fucking leather and the flares. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I would think that you were somebody from like P-Funk or something like that. Um, that that's the kind of look that I was going for. And the reason why I was doing that is because I thought it was fucking sexy and I thought it was cool. Yeah. I, if I did that now, I would be, especially if I was if I was famous, I'd be absolutely crucified, vilified and destroyed for doing so. Even though my intention would, would have not been any of the things that people would ascribe it to me. Now, intentionality is incredibly important. It is, in fact, one of the most fundamental things about being a human being. And and with our woke culture, we're dismissing that. We're dismissing our instinctive ability to tell the difference between a good intention and a bad intention. And we're pretending to each other that we don't know the difference when we fucking do. It's a fundamental hypocrisy. It's a fundamental uh, pretense 
of misunderstanding. It's a willful misunderstanding of people's uh, actions in order to score points. And I think it's fucking injurious. And I think it's dangerous. Well, there you go. Owen Weiss, one of my favorite guys on this planet. What I love about Owen is that he doesn't really care if anybody agrees with him. Uh, These are his opinions. I find his opinions to be absolutely interesting, always enlightening, educational, funny. We don't always agree on everything. Uh, We shouldn't. You shouldn't agree with your friends on 100% of everything. You just shouldn't. Because if you did, think how boring that would be. Uh, What's your favorite Beatles album? Oh, I love Revolver. Oh my god, me too, totally. Oh, any chance I can get a drink? Oh yeah, sure, what do you want? Uh, Yeah, uh, my favorite, Vodka on the Rocks. Oh, cool, that's my favorite too. And and then you just spend the rest of the night staring at each other in complete banal agreement. In fact, it's such a hypothetically boring scenario, I couldn't even do two different voices. I kept the voices the same. Uh, It was like the guy is talking to himself, which is kind of like what it's like when you agree on everything. You know, the whole point of a conversation is to have a spirited debate. And uh, Owen and I, I think we agree on quite a bit. Uh, but there's a little space here and there uh, where I think we we part ways. But I think that's fun. And I think that uh, is what makes the dialogue uh, more dynamic. By the way, I want to say thank you to our new editor, Mike Shin. Uh, Mike took our conversation because Owen and I, we go on for hours. It's a discursive uh, wildly tangential conversation we always have. And Mike took it and uh, shaped it into the podcast that you just heard. So big thanks to Mike for that. Now, if you want to follow me on social media, please do it on Twitter at Embers Editor or on Instagram at Embers Podcast. You can also email me at editor at stereoembersmagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. You know, places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Last.fm, Apple Music. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Well, you get the idea. Uh, so go there, subscribe for free, leave us a nice comment, a couple of stars. You know, that stuff goes a long way these days. So we appreciate your generosity uh, on that front in advance. All right, look, it means so much to us that you listen to our program week in and week out. Thank you, as always, for your support. Let's close the show off with Star Club, Owen's old band. This is hard to get, and for my money, one of the best songs ever written. All right? Okay, yeah, that's quite a statement, but I will stand by it. I love this song. All right? Uh, Check it out. See what you think. I will be back next week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Monday, Monday, go away, come again, another day, sick and tired of Tuesdays. 